Welcome to The Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast where we discuss all things compounding and all things concerning independent pharmacy. Now, here is your host, Mike Delisio, North American Sales Director. Welcome, Compounding World, and welcome to our newest episode of The Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast. My name is Mike Delisio, and I'm actually joined by a new co-host for this episode since we are recording live at our Las Vegas HRT event, and I've asked Michelle Perot, sales representative from the West Coast of the United States, to join me as my co-host. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. You look much better than Sebastian. Oh, well, I'll let Sebastian know that. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think uh, the fact that our audience may miss Sebastian this episode, but uh, I know we were obviously tight on time being here in Las Vegas live um, and recording a few episodes. I reached out to Michelle and asked her if she wanted to take part. So welcome, Michelle. Thank I'm you. really looking forward to having you on this podcast, but most importantly, um, obviously interacting with our guest today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are joined with Dr. Roxanne Carfora. So Dr. Carfora, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. I know this is a different setting since we are here live at a educational symposium. I know that you are speaking at the symposium, so we ask you to take some time out of your schedule, sit down with us, and have a quick discussion about not only your background, but what brought you to compounding in general. So I know for the audience out there that is not as familiar with you, I I do want to give a bit more of a biography, a bit more of your background to those that are out there. Um, Obviously that you are a family medicine doctor and also practiced as an ER doctor for three years. But most importantly, in 2004, you continued your education in anti-aging medicine and functional medicine and completed another three and a half year fellowship while maintaining your medical practice located in Smithtown, New York. You became board certified in anti-aging and regenerative medicine in 2007, and you were one of the first doctors in the United States to have completed this new specialty. Anti-aging and functional medicine looks at the cause of disease, analyzes nutritional deficiencies, and the individual's genetics then corrects those underlying deficiencies. Due to this extensive training, Dr. Corfora has optimized patients' wellness by correcting hormonal and nutritional imbalances along with modifying any medicational needs. I know that's a mouthful, um, but there's a lot there, and I think there's a lot that we're going to tap into in this episode. But Dr. Carfora, once again, welcome. Um, I I guess the first thing that comes to mind is what brought you into the world of compounding, but not only compounding, functional medicine as a practitioner. Oh, yeah, it's been a great journey. It started out in the late 90s. A patient of mine came in from France. And it was a woman that asked me about bioidentical hormones. And I had no idea back in the late 90s what bioidenticals were. And she said to me, you need to do this. Contact the the anti-aging, American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, which I did. And at that time, there was 45 of us that were in a room uh, learning about bioidentical hormones, disease prevention, looking at things at a cellular level, and getting back to the biochemistry of the cell and disease prevention. And being an ER doc, like you said, I've, I saw the end result of bad health and bad choices and bad medicine or people being over-medicated. 
So when they would roll into the emergency room and seeing someone with a myocardial infarction, heart attacks, missing limbs, so on and so forth, it made me really think, what can I do to prevent this? I don't want to see this kind of uh, hurt and harm in an individual. I want to prevent it. And I started on the journey uh, looking into nutritional medicine and learning the biochemistry again and the physiology, looking at the cells, looking at how organs function together and communicate together and how the external toxins and environmental effects have on our bodies and genetics also. So there's a lot involved in our body. It's not just, you know, here you have hypertension, here is medication and lower your, you know, blood pressure, or here's a cholesterol medicine, lower your cholesterol. And I'm not saying medicine's bad, because medicine is good when used appropriately. And when you use medication, you need to also supplement for the deficiencies that medication causes. So it's really a lot involved, and really getting involved with PCCA and, and speaking and educating more doctors and extending my education uh, and being taught from PCCA, I learned a lot from the pharmacists and a lot from people attending these programs. And, you know, the goal is for all of us to really make a difference in people's lives and increasing longevity and balancing them from the inside out. Um, we had a chance to sit down with Dr. Smith in October when we recorded live at our international seminar. And it's something that we've brought into the conversation often is in terms of one patient, one pharmacist, one physician, and the triad approach. So obviously being in functional medicine, completely different outlook on patient outcomes um, and taking v different things into consideration when looking at one specific patient. Uh, you also mentioned that you're gonna be speaking tomorrow and I know I, I brought that up in your introduction. What do you still do for your own learning and to constantly be focused on acquiring new knowledge and to improve yourself as a physician? Yeah, meeting more scientists that are actually doing the studies in, in disease prevention and looking at genetics now and stem cell research. This is all, you know, great stuff that's coming into play and compounding solutions. Like, you know, it's a, um, you know, a, a formulation that's very individualized and personalized for a patient. And you do see the difference because not no one size fits all. And uh, getting back to Dr. Pam Smith, she's my mentor. I mean, she has uh, mentored me for many, many years, since 2004. Um, and really, uh, the, the, uh, the devotion that she has put towards functional medicine and anti-aging medicine and, and uh, getting all the physicians and pharmacists programs like this uh, is real important because we do make a difference. And I see it every day in my office. And I'm very, very busy because of it. We make people well. My practice is a, a very healthy practice. Uh, I was invited about uh, two months ago to a local uh, venue uh, that was an independent physicians association, and they pulled up all the stats from the insurance companies. And they said, Dr. Carfora, what are you doing? What are you doing? I said, what do you mean? And they said, statistically, you don't have anyone in the hospital. You have the oldest people in the area and they're functioning, and they're well. And I said, I practice functional medicine. And they said, what is this? Teach us. So that was great to hear, because since 2000, the, uh, you know, 2004, 2005, we as functional medicine physicians and anti-aging medical doctors were poo-pooed. Oh, what do you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I always say, I have two words for you, 
Krebs cycle, and everyone should remember that because everyone learns that in medical school. And that's the respiration of every cell in your body. And if you are not replenishing or rejuvenating that respiration of those cells in your body, you will not function. And every physician should know this. Do you think that um, we're getting closer to more of that personalized medication and personalized care and treating not just what you know the symptoms are, but really, like you said, you're treating thing you're treating all of us before we get to the point where we end up in the ER where we would see somebody such as yourself. It seems like as a society we're even getting closer to going down treating you know before we have to um, get to that end result of the ER and it seems like you're taking that on and now it sounds like you're teaching oh, others. Yeah. yeah, I think it's so important and I agree with you. I think the uh, age of Google and all of these information that's on online, people are seeking it, patients are seeking it, patients want to know. They're very well educated. We live in a very well educated society and they're going to educate themselves and come to the doctor and say, you know, why can't you do this or why don't you do that? And if uh, doctors, physicians, nurse practitioners don't keep up with the times and keep up with the scientific data that we have, you know, and practice medicine in the present time, not 20 years ago, you know, we need to change. Yeah. How do you think the um, importance of that relationship between the patient, the practitioner, and the pharmacy, how important is that to your practice? It's key. It is key. I mean, the triad of medicine and keeping, I always say, the patient at the top of the triangle. You know, that patient is the most important person. I call it the VIP, right? The very important person. I, t I call it vitality, intelligence, and performance is the VIP person. Because all of that personalized medicine gives them that vitality. It gives them that intelligence, making the brain function, making the brain work as we get older. There's no reason why things should age and we should accept that. You know, we can replenish a depleted body. And when you're working with a pharmacist and you have that personalized and customized care and the patient's involved, often I get on often I get on the phone with my pharmacist with the patient there. And the patient knows the pharmacist. You know, they know the names of the pharmacist and and, the, and it's a phone call away. And we work together. We work together for that patient. And that's all that matters between the pharmacist and the physician. All the other stuff that, you know, these you know, warehouses of medicine and warehouses of things out there, it doesn't match everyone. You know, we're all genetically different. We're, our cellular energy requires things differently. People live in different environments, and the environment affects on, on our bodies. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a total approach. It's a total preventative approach. Um, earlier, when we had the chance to connect with you and to talk more about your practice and more about the patients that you serve, you brought up the fact that you work with a variety of pharmacies, a variety of independent community pharmacies that happen to be PCCA members as well. So for our listeners out there, if they are potentially one of the pharmacies that work with you, they're probably saying, I recognize that doctor and I, I recognize that voice. Um, talk to me a bit more about the relationship that you have with some of the pharmacies that do business with us that are members of PCCA and where you truly see the completion of the triad and where you see patient outcomes improved. Oh yes, like just knowing the pharmacies, the pharmacists, the compound pharmacists, they they are, you know, members of PCCA. There is such a difference and 
it's a community difference. So I will see someone from Brooklyn, from Manhattan, from Westchester County, and I'm all the way out on Long Island. I'm in Smithtown, St. James in Smithtown. So um, I see people from Long Island, from Hampton, the Hampton South Shore, North Shore, from all over. And what's great, what I love that I'm seeing now is that more and more pharmacists are getting interested in compounding and attending programs like this because they want to know, because people are coming into them. So I love that I have such a variety of pharmacists that I could work with. And a certain pharmacist from PCCA, they'll have their little niche also. You know, a hair loss formula, an anti-aging facial formula, the vaginal creams that we use to increase sexual desire, the um, oxy we, t we spoke about, mm -hmm. right? The oxytocin as a hormone, not to be confused with oxycontin, people. Okay, <laughs> totally different. Oxytocin I is think a you natural. Get that one a lot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they go well. You know what? When you think about that name, right? How did mm -hmm. they come up with it? Because those drugs block the oxytocin in the brain, and oxytocin in the brain is your feel-good, loving, connecting hormone. And when we don't have that feel-good, connecting hormone. Where do you go? You become alone and you become seeking other things to give you pleasure, mm -hmm. right? So why not take something naturally, you know, that's compounded for you? Do you have any um, particular patient story that you can think of that you really went, oh my goodness, I really made a difference in their life and this is, this is so rewarding for me uh, as a practitioner? Every day. Yeah. Every day. And just just before I came to this conference, just uh, when I uh, saw a patient on Monday night, she has been to the doctor. She's 54 years old, since 12 years old, has suffered with abdominal bloating, distension, can't digest her food. She has been to multiple doctors. Couldn't, could, she was constipated. She couldn't move her bowels for five days at a time. When she came in and just listening to the history, okay, to me, she, you know, the, oh, she did her probiotics, she did the gluten-free, the dairy-free, the no blah, 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 blah. But nobody really sat down and spoke to her. And what this woman had was a deficiency in digestive enzymes. She is pooping every day, and yes, poop is real. You need to, you need to poop every day. If you're not pooping every day, then you better get checked, okay? Right. Because that's part of your detoxification, right? So in just correcting her, and, and it really only took six weeks. And she is pooping. She feels great. She's not distended. She said, I don't understand. Since 12 years old, I've been suffering. So that's just one story. Another story is a woman who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. She came to my office, and I've talked about this this because it was so profound, um, you know, in just replacing her estrogen that she got her brain back. You know, uh, I'll be speaking in the conference about female disorders, right? So hormonal disorders. You know, this is a family disease. This is not just a disease of a man or a disease of a woman. Because when a woman gets affected by hormonal, you know, changes and stress hormones and vaginal dryness and hot flashing, the whole family suffers. And then the man develops when he gets low testosterone and low progesterone and low estrogen. Yeah, guys have estrogen. You know, they also go through things called andropause. And again, it becomes a family disease. And then the kids see mom and dad kind of going at each other's throat. Years ago, we used to say, you know, when you're between the ages of 35 and 45 is when your hormones start to decline, right? And the aging process starts from the day you're born, right? So, you know, with all of that in mind, between 35 and 45, we look at the divorce rate. 
right? Look at, look at this country, the divorce. So if we could hormonally balance people, we truly think that we could save families. The battle of the hormone. Yeah, it's the battle of the hormone. That's right. And just the education to get out there and say, no, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not psychologically impaired. I'm not majorly depressed. I'm not extremely fatigued. There's something wrong. You know, so maybe it is cortisol, maybe it's progesterone, maybe it's estrogen, maybe it's a culmination of things that you need to get checked and get balanced. So f functional medical doctors are also family therapists? Yes. By default? Absolutely. Very much so. Very much so. Because it is. When you, when you have a, uh, a person coming in and they're so imbalanced, again, the family's affected. And you balance them. My practice, I never advertise. Never. In 25 years, I've never advertised. I have a very busy practice. And it's because the wife came in, and she, she, she is really good. The husband comes in and says, I want to be like my wife. And then the kids come in. So it's, that's the family medicine model of it as well, you know? It's interesting. Um, I, th I think what, what makes me curious to know about your practice as well, you mentioned no advertising. It's all word of mouth and obviously expansion at the family level. Uh, what have you done specifically to, to help grow your business, or is it really just organic, like you said? Is it just something that you just continuously focus on patient outcomes, and ultimately your business grows as a result? You know, it's, it's not even a focus. I think it's just an educational process and a learning process that I've gone through myself through programs like here in Vegas and, and being associated with people that are just incredible minds like Dr. Pam Smith. I mean, these are incredible people. And it just happens because you go in your office and you don't practice like you used to. I'm a different person than I was when I was an ER doc. I am, I am so proud and elated that I have such a healthy practice. And people, you know, other colleagues look on it, and some are jealous, and some go, wow, what are you doing? And some people, they still, they'll call you a quack because you're giving someone vitamin D. Come on. You know, like, let's get real here. You know, we need D. We need A. We need K. We need, you know, minerals. We need hormones. We need nutrition. We need all of it. That's what our bodies are made for. So that ho holistic approach to looking at everything, taking everything into consideration, is something that a lot of doctors often don't do. Yeah, you know, and when people say holistic approach or alternative medicine, mm -hmm. this truly is the way medicine should be practiced, period. You know, this is biochemistry. This is basic biochemistry and then using your brain that you were given and figuring it out in, in a person's body, you know, and, and remembering your biochemistry. Like the pharmacists are the best biochemist in the world. I mean, I love working with PCCA and I love working with you guys because you get it. Try explaining it to someone else. <laughs> you know, they go, what are you talking about, MTHFR? What are you talking about? These SNPs on genes or COMT or, you know, what, what's the difference? What, there's three estrogens in the body? It's pretty sad. How do we get, you know, everyday practitioners to get more educated and get more involved and get the knowledge and understand where somebody such as yourself is going? How do we get them more involved into all of this you know it's it's seeing is believing you know when I treat a person uh, uh, and and they're getting better and they see their specialist and the specialist calls me up and says what did you do 
her MS lesions went from 10 to 2 in her brain. You know, or you get a, you get a, and these are true stories, you get a radiologist that goes, Roxanne, I never saw anyone with a pituitary adenoma and it's not there anymore. Because when you balance all of these organs and all of these cellular communications, our cells communicate every single day, just like a hardwired computer, right? There's communications and messages going back and forth to these cells. And once these cells are balanced, they don't get sick. And if they don't get sick, we don't get sick. And I think when the specialists see that, from cardiology to all of these things, cardiology, neurology, gastroenterology, I mean, the gastroenterologist, uh, less than two months ago, called me up and said, wow, I want to I learn what you're doing because you gave my patient this dietary thing and you're doing something with her enzymes and you're doing something with her this, that, and the other thing. I want to learn it. I said, great. Here, go to the program. You know, you have to learn this. You have to. And if they're not going to learn it, patients are going to learn it themselves and request it from their doctor. Right. And I think, like I said earlier, we're seeing more of that as we go into treating the whole patient and not just the symptom of this one thing at that one point in time. Yeah, correct, so. correct. It's great to see disease reverse. Yeah. It's a phenomenal feeling for a patient and phenomenal for a doctor. I, I put myself in the shoes of the pharmacists that potentially listen to this podcast that are tuning into us because they want to learn more, but not, not only obviously learn from PCCA, learn from the physicians that we meet, the physicians that speak for us at conferences. If uh, you were to give advice to a pharmacist, uh, how they can communicate with a physician at a different level or help show them the knowledge that they've acquired by being a compounding pharmacist, what suggestions would you have for our listeners out there? I would say share the programs with them. Get them to the program or have them speak to a doctor like myself. I welcome doctors into my office. I teach PAs at Pace University, and, and that also teaching these, the extenders, the physician's assistants, the nurse practitioners, I think, you know, just uh, getting them to programs like this. And when they see the results, uh, they're going to love practicing medicine again. You know, medicine has gotten this bad rep, you know, oh, I can't stand medicine because of insurances and blah, blah, blah. Well, remember what you went into medicine for. You know, it's a true devotion of health and wellness and longevity and a true connection to people and, and to, 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 to love your patients and, and, and get them better as best as you can. You can't save everyone, of course, right? But at least you could try to make them better. And if you can't save them, you give them hope. And if you don't have hope, boy, you don't belong in medicine, period. You obviously have a love for speaking as well. Um, this is the, I believe, the third time that you've spoken for PCCA, once in Vancouver, Canada, um, I believe at our Boston BHRT event. This obviously being our crown jewel of our hormone events, uh, the largest event in the industry when it comes to HRT. You are speaking tomorrow. What excites you about speaking and training and educating, um, presenting? What, what gets you going and what brings you on stage and what makes you happy? You know, it's seeing the pharmacists, like often they're back there and they're formulating and they're making it happen, but they don't see actual the results or the extent of what goes into um, what the doctor-patient are discussing. So they'll go into the pharmacist, they'll discuss very little because you're at a counter, right? So when you're in a room and you're in a private situation, there's so much more that comes out in a patient-physician encounter, you know, and, and being trained like myself 
to ask more questions in a private entity. So when that private entity comes out and then you get the compound and you're compounding and you're doing all the great research that you, all of you do, and really it's the research of you that comes to me to say, look, we got we have this new, you know, growth hormone secretagogue, you know, try this. Or we have this new, you know, hair growth formula, try it, you know, and I try it and it's successful. And I, I think, by you seeing, seeing that in the conference and seeing real life, the reality of it. And that's what I do. I present the reality of it. You know, I show the pictures of the reality. There's a lot of science that goes behind this, and I leave that science up to PCCA and all you great pharmacists. And then I present the reality and the result of it. And it's, it's just great. So we're talking obviously a lot about your experience and not only your ability to present, teach, educate, and to bring the community together in terms of a network. That kind of covers our current situation. If I were to ask you the direction that we are going in, not only for medicine, uh, but the triad approach, what do you think is the next big thing, the next step, the next uh, area of encouragement where you feel that not only you can improve yourself as a physician, but improve patient outcomes. Yeah, I think the future is compounding, individualized, personalized medicine, and getting back to the communication of the pharmacist, physician, and patient, because that's the strongest outcome that I've ever seen in my office. And you could compare it to healthcare today. And you know, we talk about a health care crisis. It's really a health insurance crisis, right? It's not health care. Health care is great in this country, but health care also has to get with the today time. You know, we, we've had such scientific advancement and research through pharmaceutics and PCCA and compounding and, and genetics. Uh, we should be using this. And it shouldn't be poo-pooed as, oh, that's, you know, that doesn't work or that, uh, you know, when people say that to me, I go, do you even know? Did you even try it? Do you even look at the science? And when you start to talk to the science, and these could be top physicians in Manhattan. They could be top docs. And they're like, oh, no, that's a, and then when you start saying the science, they go, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, wow, really? And then they get interested. You know, so I, you know, I think the triad, the triad definitely has to come back. It has to, because it's, you know, it's what works. The other stuff doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, I just wanted to circle back on something. You know, we were talking about some of the pharmacists that um, sometimes they, they don't even know how to start that conversation with a physician, you know, when they go out to speak to this. And so what advice also would you give to them to be encouraged to go out there and, and go and, and meet new practitioners and speak to them and, and work with them? And also, what do you look for in the pharmacies that you do work with? What is it, testing important, knowing that they're getting quality product, that sort of thing? Are those things important to you? Do you want to hear that? Oh, absolutely. First quality product, you know, PCCA, you know, backing, period, end of story, you know, because PCCA as an organization, you're going to get the purest of the pure bases, and you're not going to get contamination that even the FDA lets through, you know, we all know this, right? So PCCA has their own guidelines, and they are terrific at that. So that 
that's the first thing I look for, if they're PCCA uh, certified and, and they're using PCCA products in their bases. The second thing I look for is the communication they have with the community. So they're often the ones that say, you know, you really need to see this doctor. You know, you're not getting better. I see that you're walking with your cane and you had hip surgery three months ago and you're just not better. So there's something else going on here or something along those lines. So I think the communication of pharmacists to the patient, again, getting back to that triad, and often the pharmacist will pull in the doctor that's trained in functional medicine, anti-aging medicine, or the functional medicine, anti-aging doctor will pull in the pharmacist, and then again, the patient is always at the top of that triangle. I think the other answer to your question and how to get other doctors educated is to do it at the local level. You know, if you're from Houston, if, you're, if I'm from New York, or, you know, we're here in Vegas and we have these programs, you know, we've been in Boston, been in Vancouver, been in uh, Las Vegas, which is great, and just keep on doing what we're doing because having podcasts like this, people will listen. They will tune in. They want to get educated, you know, so I, I think uh, keeping it at that level as well. What are you hoping for tomorrow in terms of the message that you want to deliver and what do you hope is going to be the big takeaway? I think the big takeaway is that there's a reality to this. And again, uh, these, these things are family diseases. It's not just one person that walks into your pharmacy and it's not just one person that walks into a doctor's office. That person has a mother, a father, a sister, a brother, has, has kids, may have a husband, may have a partner, you know, and that partner or that, you know, uh, significant other or husband is, or wife is being affected by what that individual is going through. And um, I'll tell you, we could really be uh, a happier world if we were all balanced. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes you could. Absolutely. <laughs> I always think it's interesting when I've spoken to some of our pharmacists out there in the field, and they always say some of the rewarding things for them, and you're kind of speaking to this, is uh, one of those stories I heard um, several times when they've balanced out, you know, maybe a spouse. I know one pharmacy in particular, I remember them saying to me, the husband came in and said, thank you for giving me my wife back. Yes. And that is so rewarding and so fulfilling. And so it really speaks to me when you say it impacts the entire family when somebody is, is you know, out of balance. And, yes. and it really becomes a family condition. Absolutely. And I think that's the big takeaway. And that's why this is so important. I'm not, yet, I'm not there yet, but I'm terrified of when that day comes. But I know where to go. That's well, the good news. That's the thing. You you have all the tools at your fingertips sure. to help you. But it's not, you know, you you th you say that because you're young. But youth also suffers from hormonal imbalance. So that's the other thing. The takeaway is not it's not just about menopause and andropause. It's about stress. So, you know, we live in a very stressful, computerized, you know, fast society. Actually, in my practice, I'm seeing a lot of people that aren't even having sex because they don't have time. And, and then when they don't have time, you know, everything is rush, rush, rush. You know, or they, they can't lock the door. They have to go get the kids here and there and everywhere. And then, you know, they're getting hormonally imbalanced because of the stress. And then that's where vaginal dryness comes in. And that's where decreased sex drive comes in, erectile dysfunction. So we, I see erectile dysfunction in 28-year-olds. I'm seeing more testosterone depletion in the younger population today than I am in the older population in my office. And the one thing, the one thing is dietary. They are eating garbage on the run. I was going to ask that. How much, oh. 
How much is attributed to right. nutrition and, uh, and how much is attributed to stress? 110%. You could be a body of, uh, you know, that's in stress. So long as you are protecting it good nutritionally and hormonally and really checking your levels. I just had a young guy come into me about two months ago. He was taking seven to eight Red Bulls a day. He was an electrician. His brain was all over the place. I just saw him yesterday when I came here as a follow-up. His brain was all over the place. After a thorough investigation of him, and he had attention deficit. He's 20, yeah, he was a young guy. So he had attention deficit disorder. He was on Adderall. He was on the, then they stopped giving him Adderall. Then he started doing the Red Bull. He wasn't eating well, blah, blah, blah. I look at his tongue. The guy was so dehydrated. And I saw that he was just minerally depleted. So I gave minerals, hydration, got him off Red Bull, and gave him methylated B. This guy is totally a different person. He said, I am focused. I could go to work. He has his own business that was falling. He said, I could go to work, and I'm actually remembering things. I feel better. So this is all the things that you have to do. You have to look at their lifestyle, what they've been through, what they've tried before, and then look at their deficiencies, you know, their minerals, their vitamins, their, and their genetics. So it is a disease of young, of youth. And his, he could have a very stressful life, but now his cortisol is balanced because he has everything else. The solution, I call it, that's bathing this cortisol is beautiful right now. So cortisol could work. But if you have a bad solution, your testosterone is going to go down, your estrogen is going to go down, no matter how old you are. You could be 21 years old and a bodybuilder and have low testosterone. You Which know? is shocking to most people. Yeah. Because they assume that, no, that type of population, those types of individuals, they have hormones that are in balance, hormones that are in check, that there's no issues. But often it's completely different under the hood. Absolutely. I always say my, my sickest patient is my athlete. Because the athletes are so depleted nutritionally and hormonally because sometimes they overstress them. Well, exercise providing additional stress to a stressful lifestyle. Correct. And you don't have an athlete stop. You just feed them or her. You feed them. You have to get data on them. And you have to know how much they're burning, what they need. And you feed them so they could run faster and, and you know, climb stronger and, and be the athlete that they want to be. It's also important, I think, um, even as a younger person, getting a baseline of your levels and having those checked out so if things do change, you can look at that and say, okay, we had a baseline of here you are at you know, age 20, let's say, and now let's say I'm 40 and I'm not feeling right. And so we can look at those kinds of things and see where we've changed and how that's um, adjusted and then we can come to you and make adjustments as well. Absolutely, and great point. Like I said, aging starts the day you're born. You get data the day you're born. Whether you're a C-section, vaginal delivery, all of this counts. You know, if you had your menstrual cycle at 10 or you had your menstrual cycle at 13. If you had a biking accident at 15 years old or you were in a car accident at 20. Every single step of your life counts. And it's all part of the aging process. That's why anti-aging medicine, again, starts, you know, I take care of kids. It starts when they're young. I think that provided us the full picture. It's basically everybody from A to Z and zero to 100. And if you're over 100, well, then you still qualify. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. I, I think everyone's going to look forward to hearing you speak tomorrow. Um, I thank you for taking the time to sit with us, share your journey, but not only your journey, your, your knowledge, your history, and truly what motivates you as a physician. I think it's 
extremely passionate, but at the same time, we, we see the sincerity and I know that our listeners will hear it through their mediums of listening to this podcast. Thank you so much, Dr. Carfora. Well, thank you for bringing this podcast and doing everything that you guys do. I appreciate it. For those uh, listeners out there, how could they find you? Are you located on social media? Do you have your practice on areas where yes. you are visible to the yes, public I'm in, audience? Yes, I'm in uh, St. James, New York. And uh, my website's drcarfora.com. And you could also uh, find me on agelessmdvip.com. Excellent. I know we won't share your phone. Your telephone. Probably, probably a lot better this you can. Way. You know what? I'll give my telephone. Oh, number. okay. You oh can do goodness. it. Why not? Look, I have to look it up. <laughs> it's area code 631-250-9582. You sure? 250-9582. That's Dr. amazing. Carfora.com. C-A-R-F-O-R-A. I, I know I shared Sebastian's email address once and he wasn't pleased. So we will. Um, it is absolutely fine. That's I welcome awesome. it. Thank you so much, Michelle, for joining me as well. This has been a pleasure. Thanks for having me along with Dr. Carfora. Thanks Great. again. Thank you, guys. For all of our listeners out there, thank you for tuning into this episode of the Mortar and Pestle podcast. Just a quick reminder to please find us on our public site at www.pccarx.com. Through there, obviously subscribe to our blog and to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also a quick reminder to follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Until the next time, we'll talk to you soon. My name is Mike Delisio, and thanks for tuning in.